0: So number one, plan, prepare and practice so you're free to be spontaneous. And what that means is play. So sometimes with clients that are, you know, are super serious or whatever, we play with pausing, pitching, melody, variety, louder, faster, softer. So play even play with like the same sentence and do it all different ways with an emphasis on a different word. So you can increase your vocal variety and interest, right? So, so, but but start to really figure when I say plan, prepare and practice, so you can be free to be spontaneous. You wanna start to hone in on what are your most important messages? What is it you wanna convey? If you've got a four minute TV interview, you've got two of those minutes, what's most important to say?
1: I'm Janet Ahmed host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast, and a digital presence advisor at Humblezone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit HomestudioMastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Introducing Susan Harrow, the world-renowned media coach, marketing strategist, and martial artist. For over 32 years, she's helped countless CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business innovators share their stories in the media, including major outlets like Oprah, 60 Minutes, and The Today Show. Susan is also the author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. Her course, the zen of fame your genius gone viral teaches individuals how to promote themselves with integrity and spirit and did you know she's also a black belt in aikido get ready for a fascinating conversation with susan harrow susan thank you so much for coming on to the podcast
0: you're very welcome i used to be a publicist and now i'm a media trainer Yeah, and I moved into that just because I got, you know, when I was a publicist, I used to book people on Larry King Live, Oprah, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal. And one of the things that I found sometimes and what people complained about is they would say PR isn't working. And I would say it, PR <laughs> is working. I did the booking and it's what's the wild card. The wild card is you. Mm-hmm, and talent. that's when I started media training my clients. So when they had a media appearance, it would have the impact that they wanted because they would get quoted how they wanted. They would get positioned how they wanted the perspective. If you do it well, then mm-hmm. if you're if it's a written interview, then you'll get quoted how you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Because. The other thing is about that that m- many people don't know is things can be put in different orders or the quotes can be combined together. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't say that. Yeah. Or it was out of context. So that's the way to prevent that kind of free flow between the either the producer, the host or the journalist and you is to really have your condensed messages so they're so good as they are that they want to use them just like that. <laughs> So just- <laughs> we have to keep this in this is the funniest thing this is who is Sharon. i don't know oh sharon please keep sharon- this in <laughs> please keep this in we were talking about we we ran through i hope you will keep the bloopers in the keep, i'll keep i'll keep the
1: bloopers in just for you susan because but
0: you gotta keep this blooper no, into know, just to show people what happens and then how to recover because yes. you yes. can laugh at yourself go this is really funny he he we went through you know three times right and now he called <laughs> me sharon and if he did do that i would just probably say uh it, it's susan but yeah know. yeah exactly so and i might just let it go in that yeah. context because you don't want to draw attention to it you know so
1: exactly exactly and which i'm doing right now what's just draw the, <laughs> drawing for the audience
0: to- yeah
1: but the audience because here's a beautiful part about podcasting it is a journey that we all go through and it's a learning process right so if we don't make mistakes guess what we're not learning so make plenty of mistakes often times so that you can get it right and even after doing 400 plus episodes guess what we all make mistakes so <laughs> apologies uh, no, and Susan. Magic I in think mistakes. Sharon might be your friend. I mean, <laughs> might I thought you were
0: calling friend. out to your wife. But um, there's magic in mistakes. You know why? It's spontaneous, and we love it. And and it's the unexpected. And then yeah. you know things happen. So it's really fun. <laughs> it can be really fun to make mistakes. And if it's not, it's not a mistake that you want to make. You just say rather, or I meant to say this yeah. instead, or can we have a redo? Right?
1: See that, Susan. Susan's already sharing with us her three hacks. She's, she's breaking into the giving hat. But Susan, I wanted to learn a little more about you. You mentioned that you were in, in public in PR a while back, but now you're doing media training and it feels like that I'm in the training with you because <laughs> you're being a host. I feel like I'm the guest but I'm I'm really honored, you know, that you're you're so free flowing and you're so comfortable in your own skin, which is very hard to do for a lot of people no matter how much training, how many public appearances they've done, it's so hard to do. So how did you even get started in this space?
0: And you know, it's not right about I still get nervous even before podcasts and speaking. And, you know, I just met this morning with I'm going to be speaking to um, score and I just met with them. I still get nervous like a pre interview. It's like, I don't know what they're going to ask me. I don't know if I'm going to be prepared. I'm kind of an over preparer Mm -hmm. because that gives me the chance to be free flowing. So if I prepare and think about it ahead of time and do practice out loud, then I can be free to be spontaneous. I could be in the moment. I can have fun. But I still get nervous every single time. So it's not that that goes away. It's just, it's about channeling that energy. So yeah, I started as a publicist. And I have so many origin, you know, I, we talk about origin stories, and I have a number of them. And when I heard that you did that, I thought, well, which one do I want to go with? Because you can also choose your origin story, sorry, based on the podcast and the focus. And the one I was thinking about for you was a super short one. And then we can go into some of the long ones. But I was a teaching tennis pro, not a not a playing pro, but I was trained by um, a couple of the tennis coaches that are training the. Um, the people that you see at the US Open today. Mm -hmm. And I was playing just really, uh, I was just, I love tennis so much. I just played, you know, like eight hours a day. And I went to tennis camp and played like 10 hours a day. And then they asked me back to teach when I was 16. And that's how I got started because I had no intention of teaching. I was just a little maniac and just loved it so much. And so I was teaching tennis to two levels of people. One is like um, the wealthiest people in the world, the the sons of kings and, and um, queens. And and that was um, that was one aspect of it. And I also taught in um, North Star at Tahoe. I was the assistant tennis pro because women nice. were not the pros, men were. But what I wanted to say about that and then I taught underprivileged kids in East mm-hmm. Palo Alto. I was raised in, in Palo Alto. And so I really had both ends of the spectrum. But what I learned from that, one of the ways that I taught that I had access to in Tahoe was a video camera Mm. because people learned really super quickly when they could see themselves. Like they thought the racket was up here, you know, or down here when it yeah. wasn't. And then when they could see themselves, they could adjust or they could see, you know, they, were, they weren't they were following through, right? They were maybe, you know, following through over here or whatever, instead of, you know, up over your shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they could see themselves on video, they could make changes really quickly. And that's what I find with media training today is that one of the things that we do is we jump up on video and we see what's working, what's not, what should could you be doing differently and then put you into role play situations yeah. where you can actually get the real feel of it because it's only actually in the doing of it like you can watch all the tennis matches that you want you can watch all the videos but then when it comes to doing it it's a completely different thing and then lots of times other things when you're nervous things come up ticks and suddenly you're smacking your lips and you didn't know you know you weren't a lip smacker before <laughs> so all kinds of things happen mm-hmm. and then It's in the doing of it, and then it's in the practicing of it that we start to refine and see what happens in those situations.
1: I really like that story because you went from something that you really love to do. Right? People are always talking about go to your passions, especially Gary Vaynerchuk. He says, do what makes you happy, and you will find that there's a billion, a million people that would that'd be, that would be so thankful for you to share who you personally are. So I love that, that you are being yourself and playing.
0: Well, it's where you're led to, like, I really love Elizabeth Gilbert says, let your curiosity lead you versus your right. passion. Because we can't all, uh, sometimes when you turn your passion into a business, it's not so fun anymore. So it's really about the pat. It's really about the curiosity that keeps you leading. And I was asked to teach tennis. I had never thought about teaching tennis.
1: Correct. But
0: then I uh, I taught all through high school. I paid for part of my college. You know, teaching tennis, and I got to be outdoors every day. I thought, God, this is such a great life, right? Mm. As a teenager, I could be indoors working in a McDonald's. I could be outside, and I was making like fifty dollars an hour, which was an incredible amount of money for, you know, a 16 year
1: old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. That, that's beautiful. And just taking that journey in, right? And growing through it. I think that's, that's really beautiful. I'm trying to find that one point where it became not as much fun for you to do that. So, the tennis thing? Yeah. So when did you move from that to the? Pub, it was
0: really, you know, it was pub. really kind of organic. Like people would ask me in Tahoe, like, "Are you going to do this for the rest of your life?" I'm thinking, no, no, I'm doing it. You know, I was just, it was just there. And then, you know, I was an English major, sh- specialized in Shakespeare. And then i I worked for a couple of startups, which got acquired one for two hundred million. Mm. And so I moved in from. Uh, advertising. I thought I wanted to be in advertising and then I found out I didn't and started moving into my own business. But one of the things that I did as a transition point to start moving into PR is I got a job at a legal firm, um, being the receptionist. I was the best receptionist they ever had because I have a really good ear for voices, you know, mm. and so I could remember everybody the first time they called in and connect them. And I said to her, I said, I'll make a deal with you. I'm way overqualified for this, but I wanted to have my rent paid. I lived in San Francisco. Sure as I was starting my business and I said to her, um, the deal is I will do this fantastic job, but I get to have my hour lunch hour. I can use your phones to make phone calls. And I get with there's free time and there's slow time at the front desk. I get to work on my business. And so she agreed to that, you know, so I built my business as a, as a receptionist at a, at a law firm. And then I trailed this woman who she was in, I was taking writing classes. I've always been a writer and I was taking writing classes at UC Berkeley. And this woman was in my class and she worked for the North Face and um, Bill Graham Presents, you know, mm-hmm. big, um, yeah. And Tell Your Telluride Film Festival. And I just said, can I follow you around and see what you do? And she said, sure. And that's what I did. And then she was just like, jump on the phone and start booking. And I'm like, can I listen to you first? And she <laughs> got, jumped on the phone. This was before the internet. Jumped on of the course. phone, I listened yeah. to her. Then I just got on the phone and started booking people on shows and magazines. And like I said, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, I just started doing it. And my very first client was Missy Park of, of um, Title IX Sports, which is now, I think she's the third la- largest retailer of women's athletic wear. It was just her wow. at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I this grew my business from there.
1: This is so cool because you hear about these stories in the movies, right? But then actually meeting somebody who's actually done that, it's as a one in a million kind of chance, maybe one in a billion, I'm not sure yet. Still figuring it out. Well, and
0: then I just thought of another part to that. I also got a job while I was running my PR firm with Pacific Bell Directory, the Yellow Pages, right? Mm -hmm. And now they're AT&T, SBC. I got a job having no experience in the HR department. And I started, my job was they trained me on how to interview people and then to put people through role plays from customer service through C-suite. So I did over 3,000 of those. So I watched the facial language, body language, verbal language, and actually interacted in role play one-on-one with thousands and thousands of people while I was analyzing their behavior, writing it down, and had to decide whether i would recommend them for the job or not and put people into those scenarios in such a way that you want to test their ultimate ability meaning pushing them as hard as as possible without tipping them over into crying right because because it's a very pressurized situation. It so is, yeah. there were some people where I pushed to the brink where I could see they're about to tear up, you back off. So it was that kind of calibration to give people the opportunity to express their very best by putting them in the hardest situations. I do the same thing right now in media training. We do worst case scenarios. We do every situation that you can be in. Because then when you're in it, it's easy. Because you've been through it. You've, you've yeah. been... Yelled at. You've been demeaned. You've been. I mean, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> but I mean, we want to prepare for all those situations because they yeah. happen. The host ignores you. What other people on the panelists are interrupting you. All mm. of those kind of scenarios we want to go through. So then you go. You know, I've been through this. I know how to handle it. I've got the yeah. confidence to do this, and it's not that big of a deal.
1: I love that a lot, especially because I'm thinking about being one of seven children. That automatically teaches you to stand on your own, and me having four kids of my own, I can totally see how they, you know, how to be that person, or how they don't have any problem in voicing their opinions and voicing it out. And as parents, we we're, we always want to shush them now, like no, 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 it's not your turn yet. But I think those are the learned behaviors that we then have to unlearn when we're grown ups.
0: That's such a great point because we're, especially girls, we're always shushing girls, mm-hmm. right? Be be polite, don't interrupt, don't take your place. And I think it is a real learning process for both ways. There are times where you do need your kids to shush, yeah. you know, and you want them, to, it's to respect others. And then there's the, and then there's the time where you do want them to jump in, where it is really important. When, when someone is, um, you know, beating a dog on the yes. street or yes. hurting their child, you want your child to speak up in those situations, even if it's, quote, unquote, none of their business. That's the, you know, what is it? See it, say it. about, And I think it's about anything. It's yes. not about um, racial injustice. I think it's right. about people, pet injustice, anything to be able to speak up in those scenarios. But that's where it's really important, Yeah, I think, for us to have our voice and to know when to express and when to allow others to be to express as well. Yeah.
1: I am enjoying this conversation but I'm kind of wondering where to go.
0: <laughs> we got to keep this in there too. We have to keep I'm wondering where to take it. this conversation
1: because <laughs> because Susan here also known as Sharon sometimes <laughs> you know it's the hard decisions you you make over time and sometimes you're led to a very fruitful journey, a very fruitful oh. future. Right. I'm sorry, so I'm sure
0: something on my end falling over. <laughs> no so problem. ignore that, everyone. This is just <laughs> going to be a whole comedy of errors, not <laughs> to quote Shakespeare on that. But yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned a, f- a couple of times you were led into being a trainer, being uh, in places where you got the opportunity to ask the owner like, Hey, I want to do business as well. I know this is awesome and I'll give you hundred percent, but I also want to run my own business. What inspired you or even motivated you to ask for what you wanted? Because sometimes ask for what we want. We just do what we're told. How did you, how did you come about that?
0: I'm not very good at being told what to do. My dad has always called us a GDI. Goddamn. He goes, what are you? He goes, goddamn independent. And he pretty (laughs) much raised us that way. He raised us to speak up. Do I always? No, but he really did. My parents both did. My mom is like, your washing machine isn't working yet. Take it to the top. Take it to the president. Just call, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the way she is. And so I was Mm -hmm. kind of raised that way. It's like, you can't get results go higher. So that hasn't been, I mean, I have lots of other issues, Sure, that one isn't one of it. Like, because I was really raised like to speak out about injustice and Mm -hmm. also to speak up when I had something to say, that was more of a problem than it's like Susan's talking too much or Mm -hmm. Susan's too noisy in the classroom. That was more that way. So it was more about learning the boundaries about when not to talk yeah and when to be silent like we were on a trip to africa and that's a time to be silent and just watch the animals not just ask lots of questions just observe so there's the times to observe and then there's the times to speak out so but but that's also a series of practice like when you were talking about um you know like we just went to see this great guy Nate Bargatze. he's a comedian mm-hmm. he has two Netflix specials we went and saw we've watched them a bunch of times and my sweet nice. got to, get to see him there and it's like you can see the progression from his first Netflix special to the second one, to the one where he is in person now with a with a sold out show in San Francisco at the Warfield, right, where when he first started, you know, it's you you start at 3am, and then go to (laughs) 12am. And then eventually you get to 11am. You know, that's like the progression. So, you know, I've taken classes in journalism, in film writing, in, you know, just the the things that you don't see behind the scenes. I'm a black belt in Aikido. I started at 52, I think. So Mm -hmm. worst kid on the block, really klutzy, like, and I'm I'm an athlete. So it Mm -hmm. was really hurtful to be the worst kid in the class, but it was something I really wanted. So it was about practicing um, four nights a week for two hours. You know, for eight years, six years, I think, to get my black belt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, it's that kind of thing with your determination, I think, and practice. And I was just listening to Usher, you know, on a masterclass he's giving, and you know, in that that great app, the masterclass. Yeah. Just ta- mm-hmm. hearing how. Much he practices. And like with one guy, they were trying to create a song together. It just wasn't happening for like six months. We don't see that. We just see the hit song. But he was like, We wanted to work together, but it just wasn't happening. And we worked together for like six months to get this song. So that's the part that people don't see. It's the blood, sweat, and tears behind. And there are, and they really is all of it. It really is blood, sweat and tears. And happiness too. But but the blood and sweat is in there.
1: I really like that. You got to put in, you got to put in the reps, you got to do the boring work to see the success, to see the hits, to see the amazing work that you put together, right? I really like that. For
0: people, you know, just for, for people who are doing podcasts when you're starting, just accept every invitation if invitations are coming take them like i have a client now that i'm media training and i'm going to talk to you about having her on your podcast because she would be so awesome um but part of that is really like super great seo part of it is really great great practice and part of it is you know when people see you and connect with you it brings in um you know business clients customer sales and also yeah. engagements if you do well and sometimes sometimes it's edited sometimes it's not right <laughs> but it's really great practice to start just doing it and starting on the smaller ones first when i was a publicist mm-hmm. what i would do is i wouldn't call good morning america right away right. I would start on the smallest ones to get my pitch down to see how it was working. And if it wasn't connecting, I changed it, you know, and kept testing it. So I would test it on, you know, maybe a hundred radio shows before I even moved to TV when I was pitching my clients. And I'm like, Oh, that's not resonating. Let me try this one. And, and so that was like experimentation. And it's the same thing in media training too. It's like we play with like, does this story working um, can we shift it to make it more potent? Yeah. What's really landing? Yeah.
1: I totally I totally like that answer because it's the foundation. You're building a foundation and you want that foundation to be resonating with other people, resonating with the, your target audience, resonating in a way that really brings out all of you. Right? That's a nice all. way to
0: put it. I love that. Yeah, you want it to bring out all of you because that's what people are really buying. Yeah. And I'm saying buying in any way, buying as a friend, as a you know, connecting with you as a friend, connecting with you as a business partner, yeah. connecting with you for whatever kind of collaboration is that 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 they're cooking up.
1: Yes. And I think what what you said, you know, they're they're really buying you because people we love to buy. That's why there's four different services delivering your Amazon goods and Walmart goods all over the country. You can get things delivered within two hours of you ordering it. People love to buy. What they don't like is to be sold. They don't like to be sold. So when you're being your own personal person, you're attracting the right people. And they're like, I like what this guy's, but now I like what Susan's talk about. This is, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. And then you think, and I think people want to have a good time. I mean, I know I do with my own clients. If I don't think I'm going to have a good time with someone, then I don't take them on as a client because it's, it's our mutual time together. And I want to learn exactly. as much from them as they learn from me. And I want to enjoy being with them. 100%. Um, and, you know, same within even in my groups. I want to have people who are in my I'm starting a master class. I want to have people who get along together. Yeah. And in fact, one time when we um, we've done this a number of times in our in the Zen of Fame, your genius gone viral course, we match people up with a soundbite buddy. Some people become best friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's sort of the magic of connecting <laughs> the right people together. But I love that that, yeah. that, that you can become best friends in this journey together toward publicity or anything.
1: It is. It's absolutely amazing when you find that best friend that you found through your mutual interest, through your mutual passion for or determination for, hey, I'm going to figure this out. And then there's some term, there's a go hell or, or high water. I don't even know where that comes from, but.
0: So funny terms, right? I know that we have, we can, we, we, we blurt these things out. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even know where they're coming from. Like, yes. Go I What to like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> does it come from rafting? You know, Are, are gonna you going to
1: drown or are you going to burn? Is that what it yeah, is?
0: It's so funny. But I think language, speaking of language, I was just thinking about this this morning about, because mm-hmm. somebody said something that I disagreed with. And I really believe when I wrote sell yourself without selling your soul, I had no um, war, sports, sex, or sales jargon in it because the way we speak is the, w- the way we shape our world. Amen. And so words are really important. And, and now when you put your words out in the world, they're out there forever. Yes. So they're doubly important. So really thinking about the impact that we have, if we're talking about being peaceful, but we're using war imagery, it's not in sync. Right. So really thinking about like how you're expressing yourself and then what you're bringing, you know, what is is being um, offered to you through that kind of expression. And it's the medium of the expression. It's your tone. It's your expression. It's your facial language, body language, verbal language. All of that messaging together is what concretizes your message. So each one has to be in that alignment or that. Uh, it has to be consistent. And that goes through your words to your website. It goes through your media appearances, your podcasts. It goes throughout. We want to see the consistency Mm -hmm. of personality and person that we're, that we're getting to know. So that's how we trust you. I was just talking to a gal this morning. She's super, super brilliant. And she was saying, um, what I realized when I was pitching to VCs, cause she's looking for, for her next round funding is that um, they're buying two things, which is true. It's, she said, you know, they're buying that they, that the idea is sound right. And that they can trust me. Mm. That's it. And it That's is your all. leadership. You can have the greatest idea in the world, but if you're not the vehicle to bring it forward, then you're not going to get the VC money. It's who you are, and I wouldn't even say like I don't try to get people to trust me. It's that sure. she was also talking about you need to trust yourself, and when you when you do trust yourself, people resonate with that because you're yeah. sure that you can accomplish what you're saying that you're you're going to do. And none of us are sure. When I say sure, I don't mean like nothing's going to happen along sure the way.
1: sure in the moment. That. Hey, I'm sure in the moment of what I'm talking about
0: sure that you are devoted to mm-hmm. doing the thing that you say you're doing.
1: Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, Susan, this, this has been really fun. I enjoyed our conversation, our mistakes are my mistakes. <laughs> rather, <laughs>
0: they were the funnest.
1: <laughs> I, you know, we got to learn your origin story where you got started. And I know you, you have a lot of origin stories and people can learn more about You in your book, Selling Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. Did I get that right?
0: Selling Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. Right. Yeah.
1: And um, you also shared some of the motivations that kept you going your curiosity, your upbringing, the encouragement that your parents brought. I mean, those are so monumental because they can make or break who you are. And the reason I do these podcasts and the reason. I put so much time and energy into these conversations. It's because I want to show my kids what is possible in this world. Hmm. And I tell them anything you want is up for grab if you're willing to do the work. If you're willing to practice for eight hours a day on that tennis court, you can go anywhere you want.
0: That's it. a beautiful message. I love that. I love you're teaching your kids that. I think it's so important to do that and to have fun to do the things you're fun. I mean, I didn't do it. I did it. Of course, it was grueling a lot mm-hmm. of times. Um, I mean, I mean, I remember even at tennis camp. You know, in order to move the next level, you had to hit a hundred shots in the row into the center box of the wow. net in order to go to the next level. So I was there every night. You know, trying. And if you missed at 99, that you gotta you're do not it all over, right? Level, you're starting again. You're starting. From the beginning. So it's, you know, that really developed, I think, focus and, you know, so whatever that is for our kids, you know, yeah. I think that's really super great. And I did also want to say, um so I told a story of origin or, or a hero story or a signature story, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. I do have one that I've created just for, for, for you, where people can go to my website and download the, there, there are five templates for you. Yeah. So you can choose the one that fits and sometimes they all fit, but choose the five templates. You can do it in five minutes and it's prsecrets.com forward slash SIG pod, like signature story podcast, S I G P O D. So prsecrets.com forward slash S I G P O D. And then you can download the the template to write your because the first thing that anybody's gonna ask is what mm-hmm. Jeanette asked me is like, why yeah. do you do what you do? Tell me your story of origin. Every every media interview, every podcast, everybody every, every, why'd you write your book, why'd you start your business? Everybody's gonna ask that question. So I created it for you. I love it. It's essential. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I'll be okay. sure to include the links Thank to you. it uh, in the show notes. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, Susan's going to share with us three hacks to take away for your success.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit HomestudioMastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. All right, we're back with Susan Harrow. This has been a very fun conversation. If you haven't been laughing, listening to this episode as we are stumbling around recording this episode, you need to go back and listen to those bloopers because it's 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 in the bloopers that we enjoy the most. That's why America's America's funniest home videos. Oh, yeah,
0: the bloopers. We love It was, the all, about the yeah, it was all about the bloopers. Come on now.
1: So Susan, share with us three hacks to take away that people can implement people listeners here that one guy driving (laughs) to work can implement in his business
0: so number one plan prepare and practice so you're free to be spontaneous and what that means is play so sometimes with clients that are you know are super serious or whatever we play with pausing pitching melody variety louder faster softer so play even play with like the same sentence Mm -hmm. and do it all different ways with an emphasis on a different word so you can increase your vocal variety Mm. and interest right so so but but start to really figure when i say plan prepare and practice so you can be free to be spontaneous you want to start to hone in on what are your most important messages? What is it you want to convey? If you've got a four-minute TV interview, you've got two of those minutes, what's most important to say? Mm. To connect with your audience and to get out your mission, your message, whatever that is, and your call to action, what you want people to do. So number two would be really play it play actual role play, like do it in front of your computer. Like right now I'm just looking at the dot, right? So practice looking at the dot, practice in the medium that you're going to be giving it. And like I was just media training a CEO client of mine who got 50 million in their series C and they are going to be on a stage with a thousand people. So his PR person got uh, the dimensions of the stage, right? He can't get onto that stage ahead of time, but we need to know how much he can move on the stage to prepare, how deep it is. And then we can talk about how do you manage the stage? How do you manage yourself on the audience? How are you going to block and set everything up to keep people's interest and in using yeah. all the dimensions of everything? So, really work in the venue that you're going to be in. So, video is different than panels, is different than Zoom, is different than TV, is different than in person on stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so practicing that in that. In that situation. And then number three, I would say, um, don't take yourself so seriously. So um, we all don't want to make mistakes so bad. Yeah. And right. And learn how to transition from the mistakes right mistakes yes. are magic but sometimes they don't feel that way especially if we've we've said something that we wish we hadn't mm-hmm. so we want to be able to have humor about it or make sure that we rephrase it in such a way because we're in cancel culture today yeah because it's recorded it's really hard to take something back that's why the practicing is so important but if it's a mistake where it's just a a blooper that's not important, then you just want to you just want to flow with it. Just say, "I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say this," you know, and then go on to that. Or I didn't mean to trip over that chair and fall on my face. I did it to entertain everyone. Did you look that? <laughs> you know, I hurt my I hurt my knee, but you know, it was all for the good. You know, whatever that is, to start to really think about those different kinds of transitions. If it does happen, because it's pretty much inevitable. My brother went, who's a musician in Europe. I mean, he's, he's here now, but, um, in the middle of his concert, the chandelier fell. Oh my God. Yeah. Just missed him by an inch. The audience went crazy and they kept playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think,
1: I think what you are mentioning here in the last one, by embracing the mistakes, yeah. Is that it puts the audience at ease?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. when you when you're up on stage and you can make a mistake and still keep talking, I'm like okay, I don't have to put up my guard. I, I'm gonna listen.
0: That's such a great point.
1: Everybody's and
0: they follow talk. your lead. Like if you're mortified, they're gonna be mortified for you, and they're gonna mm-hmm. pity. And we don't want them to pity us. We want them to have fun with us. Yeah. To enjoy and to be uplifted, right? even if it's something serious you know you still want you want people to be engaged and connected and that's how they and that's how they connect
1: i love that i love that so much this is this is really a very powerful tip and thank you so much for sharing susan really excited for i'm really (laughs) excited for this episode because what you're gonna learn i mean how you're able to apply this is just magical and With mistakes, you create magic and with magic, you create connections and people want to listen to you more. Thank you so much, Susan. All right. We're going to jump into the sixth question that I like to ask my guests. So are you ready, Susan? (laughs) All right. First question. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: Well, it's yours, which is beekeeping. I love, we have this beautiful garden and we have all these bees and we have all these trees and, and plants that are specific to um, help the bee population. So maybe we can talk about that afterwards because I'm kind of, fa- I'm not afraid of bees and I'm, I'm fascinated by them. And I think that would be something that I would love to do.
1: Nice, I love that. Next question, what did you wanna be when you were a child? happy All right you did it
0: I did do it I, I feel joy is one of my core um, qualities that's important to me
1: I love it thank you so much that that is a very good quality for anybody because not taking life so seriously because we're not gonna get out of it alive so just relax <laughs> Sharon, Salzburg
0: asks, was Sharon Salzburg asked it was a Shane Salzburg and I think Tara Brock refined the question but the question is like, what do you need right in this moment to feel contented just right now sharon Salzberg said happy but i really like the word i think contented what Mm. do you need just right now like what would make you contented in this moment
1: so guys if you're driving stop or you know pull over and think about what you want in life right this moment it might be a coffee it might be a donut Whatever it is, <laughs> I'm sure it's it's uh, at reach. Thank you so much. That's a new word. I haven't heard of contented before, but that's really really cool one. Mm. Next question: What is your favorite movie or TV show?
0: Oh, so I, on your form, I put right now my favorite TV show is Madam Secretary. Boy, okay. do I wish she were alive, because she has helped negotiate the world's biggest problems and the world's biggest and most difficult personalities Mm -hmm. to maintain peace and deal with hunger and war and oligarchs and whatever. And so I just think it's so fascinating because in that show, there's never one right answer to satisfy everyone. So she's got to negotiate that whole thing to, you know, to stop aggression in some way that's going to harm some population somewhere. And it's really brilliant. The writing is brilliant. And I wanna live in her house with her family. I wish they were having <laughs> her children. I'm like, oh my God, my greatest parents and they have these discussions and they let their children speak freely. And yeah, it, it was, really it was a really good
1: show for sure, yeah.
0: Good, yeah.
1: Thank you. All right, next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it?
0: Wow. I have no idea if I got to play, you know, you know what might be having fun is which is the one where Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks fall in love? Is it? It's You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. That would have been a sweet one just to find love in that crazy way. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we'll put, we'll put you in for the next, (laughs) the next one. (laughs) Uh, Next question. Um, Who's your favorite superhero?
0: The Dalai Lama.
1: He's a hero.
0: He's a real hero
1: he's a real hero awesome awesome last question if you were a board game what would it be
0: <laughs> well i don't know many board games <laughs> um i used to play monopoly but that's mm-hmm. not really me like i'm not trying to monopolize anything right um so name some other board games. Like, what were you thinking of when you, when you, when you created that question?
1: Well, the, the funny thing is the question was created by my colleague, um, a few years ago. And he's like, dude, you should totally ask that question. So a lot of people have said monopoly risk, um, sorry, life.
0: I, I haven't um, played any of those. I don't think, um, there's a game called transformation. Okay. That's the one because you really get at the deeper things in life and get to know people. So I yeah. think it would have to, be, and it's not that well known. I think, but it's a really great game. I still have it. Really Transformation. It. It's called Transformation. I like so it. I think that would be my that would be the game. Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: I love that. I'm have to check it out. I just ordered uh, a game called Cash Flow Quadrant, based on the book by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, nice! Cannot wait to play that with oh, my fun. kids. Keep me posted. Them. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Susan, for your time, your energy, your wisdom, and helping me make my mistakes into magic. Because, because you all, are
0: magic, you are magic. all magic. <laughs> yes, we are. We are all magic. Actually, that might be my last point: is we are all magic, and to let the magic in us come out, you know, in whatever way it will, because that's what it will bring more joy and and more joy to you and more enjoyment to others
1: absolutely where can the super where can the superpreneurs listening to this episode find
0: you superpreneurs prsecrets.com like public secrets.com and i have lots of free things on the blog and um so prsecrets.com forward slash blog and then the PRsecrets.com forward slash sigpod for See your pod. Speaker,
1: yeah, story. Awesome. Well, thank you, Susan. We'll be sure to include all the links in the episode and we'll catch you in the next episode. Okay. Bye, everyone Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today, as well as the show notes.